Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash sorgatronmedia. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. I'm getting awesome, you're getting awesome, we're getting awesome, yeah, that's what I said now. I'm getting awesome, you're getting awesome, we're getting awesome, yeah, that's what I said. What's up, guys? It's the Awesome Show, uh, where we, you know, talk tech, get awesome, and do a cast right here. Um, of course, I'm your uh, host, as always, Mike Sorg, and uh, with me, as usual, we got a double up here on the black and white screen. Uh, we got, of course, on the left, my my trusty co-host Rob De La Creta. How you doing? I think that would be uh, your. Maybe it's your left, but the stream's right. That would be right, me. Left. Um, I'm confu- everything's coming at different angles here. <laughs> don't cross. I'm the fine. The intern said, "Don't cross the streams." Hey, don't cross the streams. And I see. I'm still a journalist. Oh, oh, I didn't. What, what was this supposed to be? What am I supposed to change? Uh, what, creative tell us what you do, Rob. Creative technologist, because I'm tired of explaining everything I do, and that, that just covers creative everything. Creative technologist. I do. Let me change that right now. Creative technologist. It's it's a podcast, it's on the fly, and there you go. There you go. Creative technologist. Look at that. Big and fancy. I'm fine. How are you, more importantly? I never ask you how you are. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm fantastic. Um, <laughs> I'm not Rob De La Creta. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic! Uh, no, I'm looking forward to vacation next week. But you know, after we get all the all the extra shows done this week, which we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, some of the plans we're formulating there. Um, but also uh, beside him, of course, uh, uh, is, is is Chachi says, "How you doing?" I'm all right. How are you? I I, I don't know which to call you. Pitch hitter. I, I still have you as a pitch hitter. Pinch. Pinch. Pinch, Pinch hitter. hitter. Chachi says dot net the uh, the host of uh, Chachi says the vidcast the uh, internet sensation out of Pittsburgh lately. Um, so so we we had your uh, your uh, your amazing podcamp session up there. Uh, have you gotten any reaction from that? No, <laughs> <laughs> none whatsoever. Great, Everybody- not really. Like people are watching it. I can tell people are watching it, but. No feedback. <laughs> so, so you're calling out the people to get a hold of you, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to know what you think. Awesome. And joining us tonight is uh, our esteemed guest, Mike Wojcik at the Alpha Lab. How you doing? Good evening, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be with you. I am here at the Alpha Lab. The, the official, the Alpha, the Alpha Lab. Um, so we're going to be talking a little about well, what's going about Alpha Lab and everything. How you been this week? Good, good. Not too bad. Um, you know, we're uh, we're in the midst of our uh, fifth cycle here, so uh, and I'm you know I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about that later. But um, no, it's been good. Uh, thankful that the weather has finally started to cooperate, and it's more like fall and you know the hoodie weather. That's that's the good thing. I enjoy the hoodie weather. I, I like a good. Wait, <laughs> it seems like there's a uh, I don't know a love of hoodies. <laughs> When it comes to the nerd nation, because they're comfortable, it's it's like a hug. <laughs> it's like a hug. I, no, I, I like. I don't really have anything else to say on it. I just found it funny that you know that the common theme amongst nerds is we prefer to wear hoodies. Yeah, 
I prefer zip up hoodies for for um, ease of access, not access to me, but just like on and off, <laughs> do things. Pardon me while I dig myself out of a metaphorical hole. See, I, I, I like that was well done, though, Rob. That was well done. <laughs> it gives me some my hands, I think personally, because you know that awkward. What do I do with these things? You know. Some yeah. of us are socially awkward. Uh, that uh, is I, nice. I, I mean, you know, any other garment you have, like you can put your hands in your pockets, and it's like awkward. You can kind of like rock back and forth, and and uh, maybe look like there's a little something wrong with you. Uh, or if you're wearing a hoodie, like instant hideaway. You don't have to worry about them. You just kind of put your hands in front of you. Nobody can see. You could be doing something in there, like uh, playing, maybe playing some invisible Scrabble or some Pac-Man. <laughs> what Pac-Man. words with invisible <laughs> friends? Yes, you can be playing Words with Friends without looking at the screen. How awesome would that or be? Or Words with Pirates. I haven't found a pirate to w- play with me yet. So. <laughs> Wait, there's, a, there's a Words with Pirates? Yeah, yeah. Apparently they could put it up like a couple days too late. It looks like it's an official Words with Friends app. but I am getting that right now. <laughs> they can play each other. Um, but not Chachi, because he's on Android. Um, <laughs> Pace. Yeah, you know. Hey, I gotta ask. I, I saw you. What, what are you? Are you drinking a beer over there? Chuck, I am. You are. What are you drinking? It's a uh, Kentucky bourbon barrel ale, straight from Kentucky. Nice. nice, nice. Now we're one step closer to should I drink that? Yeah, it's a. It's a uh, eight point nine percent, and it's delicious. Fantastic. All right. I uh, I have I have nothing but a. Mellow yellow. Mellow yellow. I am. So, I'm, I'm enjoying a wonderful Baja Mountain Dew from the Taco Bell. How, how about Rob? What's your beverage of choice? I don't I've know. I've got why some we're going. Uh, some homebrewed uh, wild blackberry uh, sweet tea. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. That sounds delicious. It is. It, it is actually. It, it is my first uh, homebrew uh, like iced tea thing, and it is. It's fantastic. I'm pretty happy with it. Excellent. Uh, well, let's get right into it. The first thing I wanted to talk about, now that it's been a week and some of them actually got this damn thing, uh, the new Twitter has been making the rounds. Somebody just texted me. Um, the, 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 the new Twitter has been making the rounds. I think most of us here have gotten our hands on it. Some of us have returned it uh, to the store. Uh, so, so what do you guys think of it so far? Rob? <laughs> uh, as, as you motioned to me over the internet. Um... It uh, it reminds me of uh, Motoblur. Come to think of it, um, because Motoblur is horrible. Because Motorola said, "You want social media? We'll give you social media. In fact, we'll give you five different parts of social media all at the same time." Um, I feel that the way they went about, because the idea behind the new Twitter was to like everybody's passing around media on Twitter, and it's kind of everywhere where you look at Twitter, they have to bring you somewhere else to look at it unless you're in a client. Uh, so they really want to make the um, the Twitter.com experience much more like using an app so you can manage things easier. Uh, it's easier to see what what people have been talking about instead of the one-tweet delivery system they were kind of depending on mm-hmm. uh, before that where, like, you click on somebody's name and it would show you, like, that one tweet. Um, but they're, they're doing it all at once, and there's a bunch of, like, alpha-level bugs that people are reporting, um, like uh, Jenny... My girlfriend is. She has a problem where, like, things just don't line up at all. No matter what browser you use or how you log in, it seems to be attached to her account, hmm. uh, which is really strange. Um, but yeah, I think I think their biggest problem is that they're trying to do too much at once, and they didn't think about 
each individual thing and then meshing it together to make it uh, you know easy to use, make it make sense. Maybe it would make sense to have it modular so you can turn some things off and turn other things on. I, I don't know. But um, from what I saw of it, it does not excite me. It, it seems like it takes up too much space for what it's trying to accomplish to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got the feeling when I first saw the new Twitter, I got the exact same feeling looking at that as I did the first time I opened TweetDeck. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like too much all at once. And I, I Without I, the functionality. Yeah, let I me know, add that. Tweet yeah, yeah. was something well, that, that took me a little bit to get used to because it was so much. Well, I mean, I think they also borrowed, you know, pretty heavily from um, the, you know, the iPad interface, although I, I, I personally think the iPad interface is, is, is more useful. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I, I don't, I don't believe they've figured out is that whole right side uh, that, you know, is kind of identified for following followers favorite. I mean, it just seems like they threw that up there to say, here's a whole bunch of information, you know, hope you like it. And if you don't, well, tough, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that integrated, uh, uh, you know, media is going to appeal to some people. Maybe it's going to be to those that, that really like that overload. I mean, I agree with Rob. I, I was, I, when motor blur came out, I, I thought it was absolutely horrendous. I thought I just, I wasn't a, a, an interface that appealed to me, but I'm sure it may appeal, it may appeal to somebody. Um, but what, what's funny is I know people were saying this is the end of apps, you know, this is the end of, uh, uh Twitter apps as we know it. But I, I actually think this is probably going to increase Twitter app usage if they stay with it as is because some people are going to be so put off by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of the media integration? The big thing about this, of course, they partner with a lot of people like YouTube, uh, Flickr, other, other, uh, uh, just media delivery like that. And you get that little icon and that's, Seems the main thing about the pain is the icons, the replies. Uh, what do you think about the integration there? And do you actually find it useful? I know it took us a minute to actually realize what was going on, how to find which posts were affected by this when we first looked at it. Uh, did, did you guys have any kind of experience with that? I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've used the media integration, um, you know, a little bit where people have, um, you know, thrown, you know, YouTube videos in. I mean, it's hit or miss, right? Depending on what, um, you know, service they use, for example, for photos, it, it, it's hit or miss. The one thing that I do like is, is, you know, when you select a tweet and it kind of, you know, moves over to the right and it shows you all the information about it, that I can kind of see the conversation right there, mm. which, you know, that's nice because if I'm looking back to see, okay, who kind of responded to that? And it's been hit or miss. I mean, you know, some of the tweets aren't necessarily relevant. Uh, I do like that, but I, you know, I think they still have a long way to go to integrate that, that media seamlessly if, if that's their objective. Now, you know, you, you mentioned you think that this is going to drive a lot of people to the application. Uh, there was some uh, big figure that came out, I think, when they were first uh, uh, announcing this, that something like 70-some percent, 90, I think they may even put 90-some percent, still use the, uh, the, the site for their Twitter usage. Um, so you, you, do you think this is going to be, well, you know, you mentioned it, you know, the overwhelming feeling of tweet deck. Do you think a lot of people are going to be turning it off like, uh, like I think Chachi has? I turned it off in an hour. Now, what, what was your problem that you turned it off so quick? I, they were trying to do way too much and it's not set right. Mm-hmm. It has, it still has way too many bugs for them to be pushing out, uh, pushing it out to all the users yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think they need to take it back, uh, work on it a little bit, and then release it when they're sure they have it finished. 
Until then, I'm switching. I have it switched back to the original browser. And if I need more than one column, I'll open TweetDeck. I got you. I got you. Um, Rob, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, my, uh, my my camera just turned itself off. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the camera in my MacBook Pro, and I, I, look, I hear a boom, and I look over, and there's a notice saying that your camera is in use by another application. But uh, no, it's not. I'll tell you what, so, until that comes back, we'll give you Chachi's angry face whenever you're talking. So, fantastic. Just so everybody knows, right there, there's the title, there's there's Rob, there you go. Represented by Angry Chachi. Um, <laughs> angry Chachi! Alright, moving on a little bit. Uh, another big announcement, I guess we get a little bit into, um, we can get off Angry Chachi. Uh, a, a little bit uh, of uh, mobile news, the BlackBerry Pad was finally announced. Um, oh. Oh, we got stuff going on in the studio. Um, the BlackBerry Paybook Playbook, <laughs> playbook. is announced. Um, it'll be probably be the Paybook because there's no cost announced for this thing yet, which is kind of worrisome. Um, <laughs> due in 2011, it's uh, from what I've read, it's it's uh, you, you know tether off of the uh, your Blackberries you have now. Uh, no no cell chip in, involved in it. Uh, have you guys looked at this thing? What do you think of it? Um, it looks like, well, the, the first thing that, like, kind of threw up a little, a little flag for me was it's running Cunix. Does anybody remember Cunix? What, what is Cunix? That's, that's a, that's a throwback. That is a hell of a throwback. I ran Cunix on a, uh, Compaq, uh, what was it? It was a 466 megahertz beast of a machine that costs, like, uh, $1,600 in 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. And Cunix was dead sexy on that machine. <laughs> but uh, it's it's basically, it's a variant of Unix. Um, and my experience with Cunix was basically just like any other distribution. It, it has its, its gives and takes. Uh, the Cunix, uh, I think at that point in time, was like the early rumblings of something like uh, Ubuntu, which was to make it like easier to use for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, ha- it has since, like, it, it spent a very short time in the public, and then they moved to a pay model where you had to uh, pay to get your copy, much like you do with uh, Red Hat today. Uh, and then they kind of disappeared off into the corporate space, and they've been used in um, single board computers, things like that, operational machinery, as far as I know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They, they kind of acquired QNX. Um, let's see what's going on here. Uh, apparently their, their last stable release was in June 2010, so they've just kind of been festering as another Unix distro uh, until they were acquired by BlackBerry. So now they're running that. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to say about it just being BlackBerry because we're still waiting for that, um, that tablet device that you're going to see used in business. Like, the iPad still has the same caveats you see with the iPhone that, that people hold back in business for, which is uh, a lack of security and a lack of a standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, not really lack yeah. of standard, because Apple is a standard, but uh, lack of, like, government standards, things like that. The thing that uh, make, you know, Obama having a BlackBerry okay because they can, you know, rewire it and have it acquire all these security keys um, is totally cool. And the BlackBerry playbook, although it's not that appealing to me, I mean, I see it as another tablet running a proprietary Kinex thing. Uh, do we know anything about an app store or anything like that? I don't think there's been anything announced for that. It, it, 
It's like they only released half the information for this thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they haven't even talked about whether or not it's going to have onboard onboard um, uh, storage. You know, yeah. so they're they're yeah. forecasting sixteen and thirty two. You know, similar to the iPad. Yeah, yeah, unconfirmed sixteen and thirty two according to this chart here. Um, yeah. but I think I mean it could have just because it's BlackBerry and depends on that tethering to a device that is you know still prevalent in the business space has been prevalent in the business space has been dependable in that. Um, if they can integrate Cunix, make it, you know, effective to the point and easy to, to develop for, I think this could be that, that business tablet, that hospital tablet, that, um, you know, security inspector type tablet device that'll, uh, that could just, you know, be the new, the new paradigm for that market. The thing they use on Avatar. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because all this other stuff, like the, the Samsung Galaxy Tab and the Dell Streak and, uh, whatever HP is going to put out, they're all more geared towards the consumer, but um, BlackBerry as... And, and Android is still kind of a young operating system as far as that goes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Android has a favor of um, ease of development mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, the, the huge geek following that there is and, and uh, how many devices there are out for it. What's going to hurt the playbook is that it's running a proprietary operating system. It's running uh, BlackBerry's tablet OS based on Qunix. Um, and so if you develop for that, you are developing for that. You can't, you know, develop for Android and port it over to that. You can't develop for Apple and port it over to that. You're going to make a dedication of that, but I can't speak for how difficult it's going to be because I don't know how much Qunix is in their Qunix. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, I think you're right. Uh, the, you know, the, the consumer space, you know, Apple has really opened up, you know, the whole, you know, the whole tablet market, obviously in the last several months. But, you know, there's still really no, um, tool sets, you know, provided by Apple and, you know, and also on the Android platform that, that really allows for enterprise management, which is, you know, that's the, that's the wheelhouse that BlackBerry still plays in. And they're so entrenched. You know, that, you know, the, it's not easy for, you know, the federal government or con- members of Congress or other, you know, large corporations just throw that away and say, oh, yeah, we'll roll out iPads. We'll move to that. So they're sticking with their base. Well, see, I don't know about that anymore. And I, I hate to change the subject, but I, I was given a new BlackBerry torch from AT&T mm-hmm. to learn and use at work so I can support it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they're trying to uh, incorporate everything now. It seems they're trying, but uh, they're still very. They're still BlackBerry development. They're still proprietary. Yeah. They're not opening right. up to anything that makes anybody with a developer license say like, "Oh, hey, I'd really love to develop for a BlackBerry." <laughs> you know, come to think of it, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that sentence. <laughs> right. You're the first person ever to use those words in that order. <laughs> and the torch isn't exactly a device that people putting have putting those words that. together in that sentence. Right. But, I mean, it, it, I, I touched it. I can say it's terrible. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding you, all right? They rave about the device being touchscreen with a built-in keyboard so that it allows you to... Uh, continue using it for enterprise needs, mm-hmm. but it's terrible because there's no easy way to slide the screen up to get to the keyboard. Like it, it's a pain in the ass, honestly, to access the keyboard. Mm. 
So you're basically stuck either struggling for a few seconds to access the keyboard or giving up and using the touchscreen. You know, there's a Which, uh, thing on, on ThinkGeek now. It's a case for the iPhone that's a flip-out keyboard. Really? Yeah. Kind of blew my mind. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, does it have a... Uh, does it go into the, the one port that the iPhone has? Uh, yes. <laughs> does it have a replicating port? Um, I, I don't believe so. So it's useless. Maybe. I don't know. We've got some, uh, we got a little bit of commentary from the chat room I want to bring up. Uh, this one, I, I, t- please don't identify yourself. I just retweeted this actually. Uh, it says, I, uh, you stream, it says, I, I'd love to develop for the Blackberry right after I crashed my car in the little river. Um, <laughs> let's see. The, the, uh, Beth says, Beth910 from the internet, uh, is rim, uh, pad going to need a battery reset every 20 minutes? Um, and, Let's see what else we got in here. Yeah, I was going to chilla put put something out there in terms of the the enterprise apps. I mean, Apple mm-hmm. does have enterprise apps, but you know, BlackBerry Enterprise Server, which if there is a hell for IT people, I think managing <laughs> BlackBerry Enterprise right. Server is somewhere in the seventh or eighth circle of hell. Um, <laughs> it's out there, and I mean, it's just it's a robust it, it's a it, it's robust, and I hate using that word, but it really is full featured in terms of managing devices for BlackBerry. From what I've read, and I haven't used the Apple Enterprise configuration tools, they still have a ways to go to really catch up with that. And also, I, I think that there's still this suspicion from, you know, a lot of corporate IT types that, you know, Apple products are still consumer based. You know, they're still in that consumer market. So that, that's, I just want to clarify my. Remarks. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, as as all of us well know, uh, you know, rolling out a completely new technology in itself is a massive challenge for an IT department. You know, just like there's plenty, plenty of the market share in the in the Windows business space right now is still stuck on Windows XP just because they're looking at Windows Seven and they're looking at the costs and the time involved in coming over to the new system and they're just like, nah, you know what, it works right now and we don't care. So there's going to be plenty of people in the BlackBerry space saying like, you know what. We're, we're working here, and we have absolutely no reason. Like, it doesn't offer anything new in the business space. There's nothing really better about using an iPhone mm-hmm. uh, in the business space than there is about the BlackBerry, because really, you know, in business, we're supposed to conduct business, so you're basically sending and receiving emails and checking stocks at most. Um, and with the iPhone, you have apps, you have content delivery and all this stuff, which is not necessarily business-related, unless you're creative, and then you're not working for, like, a big, huge corporation. Okay, so I just took a look at the uh, the flip out keyboard. Yeah, and I gotta say that looks kind of cool. It does look pretty cool, and it is a. Uh, I, I will I'll note here for the uh, for anybody uh, listening and doesn't feeling like clicking the link. Uh, thinkgeek.com. It is uh, fifty bucks, and it is a Thinkgeek design device, which is very cool. Shipping in November with limited quantities, but it's basically a. Um, there's a term for that kind of slide. Anybody? Uh, you're, you got me. A I don't flip know. Slide? Is it? What? Is it like a flip slide? No, it's not it? like a flip slide. It's not. It's not an open. It's not a clamshell. It, it, it like rotates from the. It's a rotating thing. slide. And, and for those listening, uh, not not live and everything, I did put in uh, delicious.com/slash/awesomecast. Uh, there's a thinking uh, link in there under AC19 for this episode. Uh, if you want to check it out yourself. Yeah, good for the uh, 3GS and the 4. It looks cool. And uh, the, the subtitle on it is Take That Blackberry to be subject appropriate. But, awesome. Awesome. Well, hey. uh, well, you got something? 
Skype over stuff. All right. Uh, well, uh, speaking of phones uh, and the awesomeness to come, first Windows Phone ads blame other phones for stop and stare. Uh, interesting ad campaign that started leaking out. Um, I, I don't know exactly what they're getting at here. Have you guys watched these yet? Yeah, I actually I watched yeah. it right before the show because yeah. I was curious what they meant by the stop and stare. And what they're doing is they're trying to attack an interface problem that is fixed by jailbreaking your iPhone. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it, it's one of those standard weaknesses um, that you get with the iPhone. Is that like you know there there are a lot of things. There's plenty of things for Android that do this that give you a status screen. Like there's some people who want their phone to be like, oh well, I have to click this and click this, and that's how many emails I have. And there are those of us who want to look at, just pull your device out of the pocket and be like, okay, uh, you know, I've got 52 emails. This is the basic, like, the first couple sentences of the first four emails. These are how many text messages I have. This is the weather, the last sports scores, how my stocks are doing, uh, you know, all this information all in one place. Uh, and so the new um, Windows Phone 7 main interface that they're bragging about is that it puts all of that information up front, like the things you can do on Android. Um, because when you, the, the ploy in the video for anybody who hasn't seen it is, um, somebody saying like, oh, hey, look at Windows 7 or Windows 7, Windows Phone 7, uh, we stop, the stop and stare. And then they show the example that we've all seen. I mean, it was most of PodCamp Pittsburgh, to be honest, people standing there staring at their screen, moving their finger up and down, looking at stuff. So it's a very, it's, I mean, it picks at, at a weakness. Sure. It's funny. Sure, I don't know how successful it's going to be as far as like phones, because <laughs> it's like it's almost a niche market, and like I understand it because I'm a geek, but um, I don't think anybody <laughs> else is going to care. Yeah, yeah, it's well, it'll catch people's attention, but I don't think they're going to get exactly what it's about. Well, and some of them, and some of them also, those situations that they portray in the in the commercial, which is like sitting at the table looking at your phone. I mean, a lot of these are just. You know, societal faux pas that they're, you know, mm-hmm. you know, pointing to and saying this is because of your phone. And it's, you know, a lot of it's manners. I just don't think it translates well to what they're trying to say, which is we've introduced this new user interface and we think it's the best way to go. Um, you know, when compared to, to others, cause you can see everything in one, in one spot. But I mean, you also could, you know, uh, you know, pass out or have some sort of convulsion looking at it. Because if you look at the demos, I mean, everything's moving all at the same time and they're, you know, showing slideshows on top of text messages on top of everything else. So whether or not that works for people is going to be, is going to be interesting. You know, the, the, um, the Metro interface that they've introduced. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a taste thing. I mean, like for the way I use my phone, um, almost compulsively, it's kind of getting annoying and I should probably see somebody about it. Um, (laughs) but regardless of how much information is available up front, like there are times of day that I look at my phone and I don't do the stop and stare. And there are times of day where like, if you catch me at work, I'm like face planted into my phone flipping through things, checking emails, because the information is there, and no matter how much information you provide me with up front, you can't give me everything I need. So it's it's really going to be up to the individual, and, and like uh, Wojciech said, it's it's really just yeah, a social like, faux pas. Like, some people are going to do it, some people aren't, and re- that's regardless of what device is in their hand. Yeah, and I think for me, the way I have my notifications and text messages set up uh, between Twitters and other applications, I think it has a little bit of, uh, you know, the stare, or the you know, the, the take a glance 
uh, a thing. I, I have it so I get the pirate scores so I can be disappointed every night before I go to bed. <laughs> and uh, it's a glance, oh, pirates lost. And I'll be sitting in the car. I'm like, oh, hey, pirates lost. Uh, and, and, and I move on with my life. And it is a really good experience as far as I, as far as I go with my iPhone. So, um, but it, it'll be interesting. And, and there's a lot of hype coming up. I, I don't think it's been determined exactly who's getting the phone when, because there's like three different Microsoft events over the next month. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see, you know, when these things, people finally get their hands on this thing, uh, yeah. to see if it's actually going to be a competition for what we have now. So, uh, but moving on, uh, we want to run through the rest of this, uh, real quick. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, now richer than Steve Jobs. Yeah. You know, I hadn't really looked at a picture of him until until really today. Like, I've heard a lot, I listen to a lot, and I read a lot, but I hadn't seen a photo of him. Yeah, he really does look like he's he's 26. He actually looks like he's 17, but he's only 26. <laughs> yeah. How does, how does that make you feel? Huh. Hmm. You know what? You like- I, honestly, though, from what I've read, I, I think Mark Zuckerberg would be the type of person that we would hang out with. You think so? Even after seeing Social Network? Right. right, especially huh. after seeing Social Network. <laughs> if that's an accurate depiction of what he's like, I think we would hang out with him all the time. Excellent, excellent. Uh, one of the greatest things I heard, uh, I think they were talking about the same story, and uh, Kara Swisher, that was uh, uh, on stage during the, uh, I think they call it Sweatgate now, at All Things yeah. D. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I think she, she was trying to convince him to go to the Social Network premiere and uh, pretty much meet Jesse Eisenberg face to face and kind of own the situation a little bit more because of course they're doing a lot of these puff pieces. He had a thing on Oprah where he gave like was a hundred million dollars to uh, Newark schools, um, yep. and and, and well, he was on what sixty minutes a, little, a, a couple months ago. Um, so you know they're definitely doing the PR push for him uh, with this movie coming out because they definitely you know you know for the couple of us here that've seen it, it definitely puts them in a pretty bad light. You know, we we talked a little bit about people's reactions coming out of there um and and they're they're probably gonna they're probably gonna need something like that um but uh yeah yeah i really wish uh, i would have seen him show up at that premiere and kind of just you know put himself out there like that you know yeah he's not very um i mean just like in sweatgate when he was like obviously having a panic attack he's very <laughs> um very reserved in in a uh, I don't like his business moves would make you think that he is you know the 26 year old with the uh, 35 year old mind I guess you could say but the way he he acts socially and when he gives talks and things he really does act like he's 17 like standing in front of a class giving a report yeah yeah and that little bit of a social yeah. awkwardness and everything he's not he's there's not there's crazy. there's a piece in the New Yorker that kind of talks about his childhood growing up and and um, uh, Cindy Klosky he pointed it out uh, to me uh, earlier this week. And I mean, it's an interesting read. It kind of gives a background on, you know, what drives him and, and, you know, some of that social awkwardness where it comes in. Mm-hmm. So, all right, moving on. Uh, I think we had one more here. A uh, little bit about France. Uh, France. Rob, Rob, you wanted to talk about France. What's happening over there? Uh, bad things bad are things. happening in France. Bad things for the French people. Bad things for French people. Um, so the uh, the three strikes law, uh, the Hadopi law, has gone live, which means that if you are using the internet in France and you have potentially violated any modicum of a copyright law, mm. you will be identified 
And uh, if you are identified three times, your name will go to a judge, and that judge will decide to do decide what to do with you. Uh, and those penalties are ranging from, uh, you know, a thousand dollar fine to a year without internet. Uh, and that year without internet will be uh, dictated by the government, so much so that no matter what ISP you go to, your name will be on a blacklist, and nobody is allowed to provide you with access to the internet. Is um, that strictly access via computer? No. Or phone also? I think it, it's as far as the, it sounds like it's 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 your access, like you signing yeah. up for an account. So yes, yeah, so I, I think it does cover phones. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> France off yeah. of country I will never live in. Um, and so, and the, the really amazing thing about this is that they've, uh, they've said that they're going to first start a slow rollout of this investigation mm-hmm. running through 10,000 IP addresses a day. A day. Every single day. And then once that's, they actually a, get up to speed, quote-unquote, they'll be rolling 150,000 IP addresses a day. To put that in perspective... Um, a U- U.S. judge recently ruled that uh, Time Warner only has to give up 28 IP addresses a month. Jeez. But uh, this new... Uh, uh, keep saying it wrong. Hadoopy? Hadoopy. Uh, the Hadoopy law is saying that any ISP in France is now... Um, basically, they, they risk a, a fine of 1,500 euros per day for every unidentified IP address if they choose to withhold this information. Um, so if, if you use an ISP in France, you, and you, you, uh, are, uh, you seem like even, uh, you have broken a copyright law. You will be identified. And if you are identified three times, you will have a case to make in front of a judge. And, uh, that kind of sucks. And I hope it doesn't, uh, set any precedents and bring up any bright ideas anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I know we haven't been following this story too often on this show, uh, if at all. Uh, but I know this is this is the kind of ruling that uh, a lot of governments, uh, either in public or behind closed doors, have been talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I, I forget was there was there a push for something like this from the copyright holders from like uh, entities like the RAA and MPAA? Yeah, I mean they they've all referenced this because the um, uh, Sarkozy has been tossing this around for a long, long time. He's basically just agreeing with mm-hmm. whatever the um, I forget what the uh, the thing in France that's responsible for all this is. Uh, but he's basically listening to whatever they have to say and saying, yeah, you know, whatever, that's fine, it's a good idea. And I know Australia is um, is uh, is facing the same kind of judgments. Uh, they're very strict about their copyright in Australia. And I know they were tossing around the three strikes law as seriously as France was. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But I think at this point... Uh, in the U.S., they're basically saying that it's not a precedent, it's not necessarily the best idea, but this is something that somebody is doing to fight this, and maybe it's something we should pay attention to, and maybe we can learn from it, and hopefully that's about as far as that goes. It, it looks like, and I don't know if you mentioned this before when you were talking about this, uh, uh, there's an anti-piracy outfit called the Trident Media Guard, which is chosen by the entertainment industries of the yeah. country to report illegal uploaders in France. So yeah, I so I think Trident Media Guard is the people who are actually going to be sifting through the 10,000 yeah. IP addresses okay. for the 150,000 IP addresses per day. So, it's like that job has to suck. Superhero group. What's that one? I said that's like the name of a lame superhero group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds a lot better in French. I bet their logo is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I want to point out that someone in the chat room made a very funny comment. It says, you will be forced to wear one of the Wi-Fi t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> An alarm goes off if you are in the same network for too long. <laughs> a year without internet, waterboard me first. The other point about this is that there are um, a whole plethora of options to file share anonymously, to use BitTorrent anonymously. There's uh, proxies, there's safeguards, there's all kinds of stuff you can do to use BitTorrent anonymously. So even if a red flag comes up, yeah, um, nobody will be able to figure out who you are. And you can always hop on Usenet. Or you just I live off whatever sense. the equivalent of Starbucks is in that country for a year, and you're good, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it's Starbucks. Take all that I money, find- you're pouring towards your ISP, and it'll buy you a day's worth of coffee. So, yeah. And I kind of wonder if they're going to enforce this in like coffee shops, things like that. If they'll make yeah, you show ID yeah. before you can uh, log on uh, to public Wi-Fi. You have your papers so you can get on a free internet. Um, you need your papers, papers, please. Papers, please. <laughs> no ticket. Um, one more <laughs> left by Mr. Derby, Norm Heelsman, that was on here a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, U.S. seeking to expand wiretaps on the internet. Now, uh, again, we cannot refer to this as Big Brother, because Chachi has put a... Uh, 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 a block on us saying that on the show. Uh, I've kiboshed that. Kiboshed that. Um, we're still trying to figure out a replacement for that term. So if you are interested in, in giving us a replacement, please uh, drop it to gets at awesomecast or contact at uh, awesomecast.net. Um, but uh, basically, uh, this they're, they're, they're looking to expand it to the internet. Um, have you guys been reading up on this? I know we were pretty angry it was on the Post-Gazette, but other than that... <laughs> Basically includes everything. Yeah. If you send a message on the internet, they have a right to read it. So, I mean, but, but at the same time, we asked for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want the government to protect us. The government is coming up with ways to try to protect us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to. Um, you know, like you can't like to 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 come with the simplest example I can. It's you can't be a traffic cop if you can't see anything, mm. right? Like if you can't see the cars on the road, you you can't be that officer. You need to be able to see what's going on. And as we've seen with um, past terror um, efforts and things like that, where where plans have been dug up very early on, so they were completely um, foiled by um, the CIA and the FBI and Homeland Security and all that stuff. And that's all because they had the information. It's, it's really straightforward and simple. If they don't have the information, they can't help us. So uh, it's, it's just one of those privacy things. Yeah, along with that, yeah. I think we talked about this briefly in the, in the, in the pre-show. They are looking to... Uh, uh, apparently there's a split in the Obama administration. Obama in his uh, campaign speeches said he was against this kind of action, but apparently Biden recently... Uh, Vice President Biden uh, recently said he is for uh, the the practice of uh, getting back doors into uh, encryption, uh, built into encryption for the government to have access, uh, which sort of goes along with this, I think. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a black market situation where, you know, if the encryption you and I are using have these back doors, the people that are really interested in not having the government look at what they're uh, doing are going to find other methods that don't have that. So. Listen, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. All right, that's all there is to it. <laughs> so you can't have that's, your, that's you can't have your Facebook and eat it too. That doesn't seem right. Right. Okay. <laughs> we'll work on. That I one eat my too. Facebook all the time. 
<laughs> very high in calories. We'll work on that along with the Big Brother terminology. So, all right. Uh, we're going to get into uh, uh, talking with our guests here about what's going on with him in Alpha Lab. Uh, but first, I want to talk about our sponsor, Backblaze.com. Guys, now my drive has bit it. I think it's a curse ever since we got these guys as affiliate. Uh, but one of my show drives went as in it won't plug in and get power. I'm hoping I can recover it. Uh, but I'm not as worried about it because everything should be backed up on backblaze.com. Uh, it's only $5 a month, a little bit of peace of mind. I got it on two computers. I got a bunch of external hard drives. That's 500 gigabytes. I'm not as worried about as I would have been. Uh, like DJ Lunchbox over the Wrestling Mayhem show who lost 500 gigabytes of his life. Uh, I think you're making this up. What? No, no. <laughs> every, every week. Every week, you have... hard drive has failed. Yes. Yeah, uh, every week, like... you have a different story about someone's hard drive failing. <laughs> Just no, I'll tell you what. I have. I, hey, uh, oh, I heard an echo of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> um, I have an anecdote that I told when I, when I did the IT thing. Mm. I told all of my clients this anecdote when I found out that they weren't backing up. There was this guy. Uh, and his, um, his mother was, I think she was, uh, diagnosed with a terminal illness. So in, uh, the, the final, um, year of her life, he went on a road trip with her and he had all these fantastic conversations with her and he recorded those conversations and, uh, and it, it was like the most valued thing he had. So his mother passed and then like a year later, his hard drive completely crapped out oh, gone and he was also a um a video editor so he lost something like four terabytes worth of data which include his life's work of video editing and the only like solid like audio recordings all those audio recordings of his mother now gone um were gone forever and he couldn't get them back Jeez. and so like you know you think like what would happen realistically? Like, look at all the data on your computer right now. What would happen if you woke up up tomorrow and it was impossible for you to access any of that? Like, seriously. Yeah, we got a we got a message for you from the chat room from uh, PGH Rugby Angel. I say, let's talk he- ha- uh, dead hard drives. Remember my laptop that is dead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. That's why I, I'm really worried about, you know, laptops, you can't that around. I'm carrying it to work, uh, you know, about every day. You know, I'm going to be carrying it around to clients to, to wherever. And who knows if something happens to that, you know? These uh, these MacBook Pros are pretty robust, but, you know, a bad drop's a bad drop. You lose the hard drive and you're done. Um, yeah. So I definitely don't want to leave. And, you know, you leave a couple of projects on there saying, oh, I'm, in, you know, mid-working through it. But I know <laughs> I'm on Backblazes. It's backed up somewhere. So if the worst happens, uh, you know, I at least have a recent version of it and haven't lost the entire thing. So. Yeah, and backblaze shouldn't be the only part of your backup solution. Yes. Um, but it should be, you know, the the uh, it's a backup in three places is is the way it's supposed yeah, to be. The rule of the rule of threes is real good. Isn't it the, the the three two one method? <clears throat> I think they yeah. talk about. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember where all that. Goes. Like, have three three copies, two physical locations, one yep. off location. Yeah, so you should have uh, one local. Uh, backup with some kind of re- redundancy, like a Drobo, something like that. One offsite backup in case a uh, fire happens, something like that. And another one uh, in case everything goes completely wrong mm. and you can just pull it from off. Uh, it was actually funny. We have uh, uh, we got like a two terabyte or something drive when we're backing off the server at work. Uh, and then uh, you know my boss calls me and says, hey, take that next door. I'm like, 
oh, so it's in case something happens to this place? He's like, yeah, exactly, uh, before he comes in next. So anyway, I thought that was funny because a little bit of that in action. So, but if you guys are interested, check out Backblaze. Please support the show. Click the link over there on SorgatronMedia.com or AwesomeCast.com, and you'll be helping us out and helping yourself out for for the cheap, to be honest. So, so please go check them out, Backblaze.com. All right, guys, it's time to talk startups with Mike Wojcik here. Mike Wojcik, how you doing there from Alpha Lab, the glorious Alpha Lab, right behind you there. Yes, uh, the scaffolding and the office space behind me. Um, doing very well. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on and talk about it. I know you've had some guests and graduates of the program. Spike from Vivo, he was last week, and then a couple yes. weeks ago, you had the um, uh, the always energetic Nick Pinkston from CloudFab. Yes, yes. Um, it, it's been a it's been a wonderful pool to figure out who to have on the show because I just look at the list of Alpha Lab and it's usually guys I've heard of. Um, <laughs> and, the, and and we've talked a lot about the community and everything. And these are guys that we see uh, all over in in the social media and everything. Uh, you know, at PodCamp, all those guys were at PodCamp, of course. Of course, Spike was working it, but Nick was around uh, doing mm-hmm. panels. Uh, uh, Dawn from Resumator. Uh, was was on a panel as well. I got, got the great chance to talk with him. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit. Oh, you, you know, we talked a little bit f- from the guys that have been through the program. Uh, 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 tell us, you know, a- about the Apple Lab process. You've got a, you got a new cycle coming up of uh, applications. Uh, uh, tell people what they can expect from Alpha Lab. Yeah, so uh, the Alpha Lab um, program is a technology accelerator um, based here in the south side of Pittsburgh. Uh, we're right off East Carson Street, and uh, we uh, invest in um, you know very early stage technology companies, specifically in the internet, software, entertainment technology, um, gaming, and, uh, and 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 hardware spaces. In certain instances, hardware spaces to um, to uh, accelerate their growth. We invest twenty five thousand dollars in the companies for five uh, percent. Um, we provide mentorship, uh, uh, access to advisors, um, weekly uh, sessions uh, of programming, and uh, all that kind of culminates in a demo day, which happens uh, at the end of the program where they give presentations to potential investors, advisors, uh, stakeholders, so that you know they can find additional follow-on funding, uh, possibly a strategic partnership, or in, in, in some cases, uh, you know they're already generating revenue out of the gate. So, and we're in the midst of our sixth application cycle. Uh, number six, and uh, those applications are due by October twenty eighth, uh, uh, you know, just about four weeks from now. Excellent, excellent. Um, and uh, you know, uh, what's 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 exciting coming out of there? I, I know you got a few people from the current cycle. While well, you're about halfway through the current cycle, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's some exciting stuff that we can look forward to seeing coming out of there uh, uh, down the line? Well, I mean, we've got you know we've got some great companies that are that are going to be graduating here in a few weeks. Um, one of them that I think probably a lot of uh, uh, you know awesome cast viewers have seen uh, is uh, Leveler's uh, application, which is Beer Buy. Mm. Um, but Beer Buy is basically an application that helps you identify, track, and um, uh, view information about beers, specific and more specifically craft beers, uh, so that you can kind of keep track of what you've had and you know what locations there are, and eventually start to identify where you can find your favorites as well as um, maybe even start to get information about uh, you know pricing of where to find the cheapest one um, but they are actually that's an implementation of their overall platform leveler which is uh, an application that will allow uh, uh, will allow you to uh, track achievements and introduce game mechanics into 
kind of common activities. Uh, it could be anything from, you know, sales tracking in your enterprise to, um, uh, you know, other sorts of service calls. Uh, you know, you name it, it has applications all the way up from the consumer side to the, uh, to the enterprise side. Um, we have uh, No Wait, which is another application. They are uh, introducing technology to help restaurants with their queuing. Um, so, you know, you're familiar with a lot of applications out there um, uh, that uh, have those coasters, right? You go to, uh, you know, a big scale, you know, large chain restaurant, you have uh, those coasters that tell you when your table's ready. They use commodity hardware, you know, basically your iPhone, your I- an iPod Touch, and let you know when, or, you know, use that technology for them to track uh, who's waiting for tables and then alert you th- via SMS uh messaging uh, when your table is ready. So it saves the overhead of having to replace those items and also purchase those systems. you know, we have some, yeah, we have some really great companies that are coming through, and um, you know, a lot of them are dealing in, you know, the uh, introducing gaming mechanics, um, working with local businesses, you know, introducing value add sort of um, service offerings to them, uh, and including helping job seekers. CareerAmp uh, is creating a, an application called Resonate, which helps you uh, better, uh, you know, better design and better layout uh, your uh, resume for a particular job offering. Excellent. Excellent. Now, now, uh, what, what, wow, my white balance went all off when I showed that iPhone app, apparently. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Uh, yeah, we were showing off a little bit of beer by there while, while Mike was talking about it. Um, that's why I'm tinted. This is, this is weird. Um, tell us, uh, you know, what, what, you know, a lot of technology companies, a lot of, uh, social media companies, like, what, it, what, what is the breadth of, uh, of, uh, uh, ideas that you guys, uh, will consider for the application process? Uh, you know, from from our standpoint, I mean, we you know we generally play in the again that web internet um, sort of space that you know also can have uh, um, you know offerings entertainment technology. So we've had some gaming uh, companies like Left Right Studios. Um, we've had a lot of mobile um, sorts of plays. I mean, obviously you just showed one in nearby, um, and also we're you know we're looking at also. Um, hardware uh, uh, sort of uh, applications and uh, companies, basically those that can deal in, you know, commodity or sort of agile hardware solutions that, you know, don't require in order to design something, you know, $250,000 or, you know, $500,000 to build a prototype. I mean, the whole idea for Alpha Lab is really to, um, you know, have a, a capital efficient businesses, meaning that $25,000, especially in today's world, which you can build software for very, very cheap with all of the frameworks that are out there. I mean, 10 years ago, building a, you know, a software app, even, you know, close to, you know, a, a small fraction of the functionality that's on the web today would have cost you millions of dollars. Now you can build a, a really full featured application, um, you know, for, for, for much less. So the whole idea is we want to invest in those companies, um, you know, really help them along, uh, work with them and, uh, you know, borrow on the uh, the experience of Innovation Works, which has been uh, investing in seed stage um, companies for ten years to uh, you know significantly advance their development. Excellent, excellent. Now I have to ask. Um, uh, we we've seen it there at the meeting greets and everything. What's with the particle board? What's with the particle board? Yeah, that's a that's a frequent question that we get asked. Um, the uh, it's 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 actually we we did a little bit of reuse. So the the company that was in here previous to Alpha Lab was a architecture firm, and actually it was full of a hell of a lot more particle board than it is now. And it was you know very very constrained space, lots of different offices and lots of different kiosks. And one of the things we wanted to do when we came in was try to reuse what we could as much as possible. So a lot of the you know the walls that you see, um, you know the particle board. 
board, you know, all this behind me, the shelving units, we basically recovered from the previous tenant so that, you know, we could not only make it open, but also, um, you know, make it seem a little bit industrial, um, you know, but, but still retaining, um, you know, kind of what was here because we, we definitely appreciated the style, um, but much more open. I mean, we have 5,000 square feet here and uh, it's, uh, you know, before that, it, the 5,000 square feet seemed much, much smaller. Excellent. Uh, we've talked a little bit, uh, again, with graduates of your program in the past uh, about the community here, about how it seems it seems like, you know, all the small, you know, when you, when you go to these meet and greets and everything, you, you end up, it, it's like you trip over the startups around here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it, the community is real great and everything. You know, what, what can you speak to, to, to how that is and, and uh, 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 you know, especially with Alpha Lab and, and, and the, the functions you have there? Well, I mean, I'll try to, to, you know, set aside my Alpha Lab hat for a second. I mean, I moved here in 2001 um, from Philadelphia, uh, you know, formerly an Erie resident. So, Doug Durda, there's your Erie mention for you. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I moved here, and uh, one of the things that wasn't really evident to me when I first moved here was kind of the entrepreneurial um, um, scene. I mean, I know there were areas where you could get resources, but I think they were a little bit hard to find. But I say definitely in the last three to four years through, uh, you know, a variety of organizations that are out there, inc including innovation works um you know that startup scene has really started to uh to be nurtured and, and take off. And, you know, one of the things that I, I certainly appreciate even before coming to work in Innovation Works is, you know, uh, you know, Alpha Lab really takes the approach that, you know, it's a community driven um, ecosystem and that, you know, startups are really fueled by people that are out there, technologists that are out there, business people that are out there that are really, you know, trying to dream up those ideas. And they're, you know, involved in, in many different um, uh, groups. You know, some of our partners for Fresh Pittsburgh, Dev House Pittsburgh, um, PodCamp, of course, has been of, uh, you know, know a, a, a great partner of ours in terms of uh, you know what we've uh, you know what we've been able to accomplish and and I really think that that community you know that you know, entrepreneurial hub that kind of is comprised of all those different groups and the people that are out there are, are very important and we've seen you know some of our companies have been a direct result of, of that uh, that you know that community and a product of them. Excellent. We've had this question before. I think we, uh, you and I have had a, a little bit of this conversation ourselves. Uh, but there's a big move. A lot of people, a lot of the big entrepreneurs, uh, I won't name any names, uh, <laughs> said, uh, you know, uh, if you want to, if you want to make a big as a startup, you need to get out of Pittsburgh. You need to go to California. You need to go to New York. You need to go to the big hubs where all the people and the money are. Um, at that point, it was even kind of pushed a little bit in the Facebook movie to get out to California, uh, from what we saw. Uh, what sure. can you speak to that? And, you know, the advantages of Pittsburgh over, you know, the big companies. Yeah. To me, looking at it from the outside, it feels like, you know, okay, the money's there. Okay. There's big, this big community there. But I think it, to me, it looks like a bigger chance to, to get lost in the, in the crowd. Well, I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, Silicon Valley is, you know, an entity unto itself. I mean, there's so much competition out there. I mean, obviously, a lot of very talented individuals, people that are really trying to, to, to you know, create companies. And, and you know, from a standpoint of, of, you know, some of the companies that go out there for whatever reason, I mean, sometimes they feel like they need to. I mean, I, I think definitely Pittsburgh has come a long way in terms of really, you know, being, uh, you know, friendly to, you know, technology entrepreneurs. You're seeing a lot of, uh, companies that are out there that you know are, are starting i mean uh, obviously here at alpha lab but in other places and um you know one of the things that i would say is um 
this is a case in point. So Jason Calacanis, who is uh, uh, the the um, the host of This Week in Startups, Don Charlton, you mentioned him. He's mm-hmm. from The Resonator, which was from Cycle 2. He appeared on the show, one of the very early shows in, in uh, I think, the fifth edition. And uh, he was on there talking about The Resonator. And, you know, he's asking for suggestions from Jason. One of the first things Jason said is, get the hell out of Pittsburgh. Nothing happens in Pittsburgh. Fast forward to, oh, I don't know how many shows later, probably a year or so later, uh, we had uh, – some of our companies and some of the companies here in the community participate in the This Week in Startups kind of pitch off internationally. And Shoefitter, one of our companies, actually won that competition. And one of the first things they said to Jason is, why do you, why you got to hate on Pittsburgh? You know, and he goes, no, no, I don't hate on Pittsburgh. And he actually praised um, Pittsburgh and the community that's here and, you know, the ideas of really local community, local government getting behind these sorts of initiatives as a, um, you know, as a real positive sign. So I think, you know, by that virtue, we kind of said, well, you know what, maybe, maybe you, you don't have to go, you know, other places. And I mean, I could talk, you know, the, you know, great place to live, you know, low cost of living, you know, all of those kind of, uh, you know, life standards sort of pluses that exist. I mean, they all speak for themselves, but I really think that, you know, the community here is, is, you know, well networked, it's getting even uh, better network, and you're having the people that have succeeded really getting behind those new entrepreneurs. Excellent, and of course, uh, if you guys want to check it out, alpha lab dot org. Uh, all the information's out there. Uh, the application, check it out. Uh, if people have questions uh, for you guys about the application process, uh, if their company fits in everything, how can they get a hold of you guys? You, you got a pretty open uh, uh, channel there, if I, I do believe. Yeah, I mean, we have. You know, our, our application is um, is online. You know, if you go to uh, if you go to alphalab.org, there's kind of a big button right on the homepage that allows you to apply. And there's also, if you have any questions, you can email application at alphalab.org, um, and, and you know we can try to answer questions but one of the things that we do introduce um you know kind of for a more detailed conversation is this idea of office hours we'll have office hours on the 4th and the 14th of october you'll find more information on our blog and also if you follow us on twitter which is at alpha lab you can find information about scheduling a a 20 minute slot to talk about your idea and ask questions from us excellent thanks a lot Roy. um hey uh, real quick your your favorite moment from uh pod camp my favorite moment from PodCamp. I mean, you know, it's always just meeting all the new people, you know, that, that are that are there. It's a, uh, uh, you know, I love the uh, the icebreaker, uh, not only because it's here in Alpha Lab, but also just seeing everybody. But it's got to be the six four nine. The six four nine is the <laughs> is the mainstay of of the experience. But uh, you guys did a great job putting it on this year. Well done. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I wanted to catch you at the at the live thing, but uh, it didn't work out timing or whatnot. Uh, so I wanted to get that in now while we still can. So uh, thanks a lot, Mike Wojcik. Check him out, alphalob.org. Uh, you still running that blog? You got you got a blog or something, right? Is, is it yeah, so there? so people have, have started to question the existence. Yeah, I still have the personal blog, haveagoodsandwich.org. Um, you know, maybe someday I'll start writing. I, I actually was reviewing the uh, Blogging 201 with Berg Baby today, and then I saw that she took a little bit of stab at you. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, she calls me out. She keeps me honest. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Go check him out. Uh, at Wojcik on Twitter if uh, you want to get at him. So, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate no it. No problem. Thanks a lot. You are welcome back anytime, sir. Um, so we got to roll out of here. We got another show. We got to keep to our schedule as much as we can here. Uh, so, hey, Chachi, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, the usual. ChachiSays.net for my weekly uh, Chachi Says the Vidcast mm-hmm. and the occasional blog that I've been trying to keep blog. up with. Well, you just got the one week, one a week when you do your uh, videos, so you got that. So, and everybody, check out the uh, the interesting uh, editing job from 
uh, pod camp when we had six camera angles. That, that was insane. Out, that I had to figure out how to piece together. And that's not even all of them. That's just the people that got to me. And I actually had one that submitted to me a, a, a flip cam share that I couldn't figure out how to get it off the web. So unfortunately, there was another one that didn't get in there. Uh, so apologies for that. Uh, but still, six angles was enough for me to try to deal with. Uh, maybe if like six more people submit their videos, I'll do another version. You know, we'll <laughs> a B-side. And Rob, your, your, your camera angle looked fantastic. Yes, it did. Thank you. <laughs> I, try, I tried to capture the essence that is Chachi. <laughs> oh, you did a great job, sir. That's, that's a lot of essence, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Rob, what's going on with you for people to check out there? Uh, what am I doing? Um, if you're in Pittsburgh, um, the weekend of November 5th, I'm doing uh, marketing and promotions and whatnot for a clothing swap event thingy, uh, Red Up, Thread Up. Uh, <laughs> if you just want to follow my, my tweets and whatnot, uh, I'll have information up there about that. Uh, I'm on the Twitters at ROBJDLC. Uh, you can check out my long dead blog. I really, I, I have an issue with writing like personal blogs. They always turn into like, I don't know, me telling somebody that they're doing something wrong. I, <laughs> um, but uh, that's all at ROBJDLC.com. I'll have my pictures from PodCamp up like tonight, I think. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I also am having problems with figuring out what to put on my blog other than recaps for these kinds of shows. Um, but you can go over there, sorgatron.com. I've uh, been experimenting with uh, personal video blogging, seeing how that goes, um, and other stuff like that. And, um, and of course, check everything out, sorgatronmedia.com, awesomecast.com for this show. Uh, again, hit us up, contact at awesomecast.com for the email. Um, at AwesomeCast on Twitter. And, uh, please, you know, we got, we got a phone line here. If you want to call up and tell us, uh, tell us the stories we need to cover, comment on stories we've talked about, comment on our guests, uh, uh, tell, tell Roy that he needs to, the blog more, you know, whatever you want, uh, you can hit us up at, uh, 724-258-CAST at 724-252-2278. Uh, thanks guys. Thanks, Roy. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Rob. As always, uh, you can just go. We'll be uh, here next. Week and maybe I'll keep the sepia tone. Thanks, Beth, for the name of that. This is kind of, this kind of, I don't know. It's, it's a nice mood down here. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. It's been the awesome cast. Awesome.